But there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But uh, look at this room and what you see. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Well, well, welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program in what is a very special and important episode. A very special and important episode. We have a very important ride-along partner here today. Wesley Hunt. Amazing. Oh, come on with it. Rolling. (laughs) Don't you dare do that to me, sir. You all fired up already. We're trying to get you to march on this table. I'm getting ready to. (laughs) So you all recall Wesley running in Texas. We had him on, I guess, what, six months ago? About that, yeah. Something like that? About that. We had had a time. Yeah, we had a time. (laughs) We had a good time. Amazing. And, and, And only for a few guests do we immediately turn around and say, why don't you do the whole damn show? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so welcome on back. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I mean, I we'll see by the end of it whether you're still happy to be <laughs> well, here. I mean, I'm smiling right now. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> as, as long as you start off this way, then it always ends well. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I mean, you know, folks at home don't get to have this, but we're all just having a great time here in the studio. And I was like, all right, everybody, let's just get this on in front of the microphones. Yeah, <laughs> Smug, Smug's like, we got to save this. Yeah. <laughs> right. We just spent half an hour talking and joking and laughing. And so we figured we'd give you uh, an inside look into all of this. Um, but look, we've got an important show. We got a lot of stuff. First of all, let's just give context to what we just heard in the opener. Yeah. That was Joe Biden announcing that the first lady's husband has COVID. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, Shadow McDaniel, who, who broke this down during a 14 minute speech just now, Biden announced he has COVID. He does not, you know, first lady's husband <laughs> said Kamala is the first lady, called Doug Emhoff the second lady, <laughs> forgot his UN ambassador's name, and forgot what state his energy secretary was governor of. <laughs> All in a day's work. All in a day's work. <laughs> He's like, all right, my job's done. Back well, to the This is one hell of a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it is only Wednesday. <laughs> There's still two days left of this. <laughs> so, Wesley, let's just start with that. I mean, look, you, you, this is not your first rodeo, but you're looking around. You're looking at the national environment. There's not a damn thing this guy has touched that hasn't turned to absolute crap. Yeah. And you're running for office to change all of that. I mean, how, is it difficult to stay serious when you're listening to that nonsense? You know, we used to laugh about this a lot about a year ago because it was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then this continues to happen. Well, for starters, it's still kind of funny, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, when do we say, this is really sad? Yeah. Exactly. Right. This is really sad. And it's been such a precipitous fall off for the country in just 15 months. Mm-hmm. Right. We still have like like three more years of this guy. <laughs> Put that well, in perspective. Like this is insane. Well, the good news is we have Kamala in the back. <laughs> 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 so, you know, we, our team always jokes about this. Right. So so she has the worst approval rating for a vice president in modern history. Man, man. And, and, and Dick Cheney shot somebody. 
<laughs> accidentally, he accidentally That's shot right. someone. Then it, it was it was definitely bird shot. Okay, but but they could put that in perspective. Yeah, oh yeah. That's how bad she is. So so if you have if you have that low of an approval of the current president, but wait, there's more. She's worse. <laughs> It is incredible. There was that, yes. the, the ultimate king move and that whole Cheney thing for our younger listeners who probably don't remember that is the guy who got shot in the face apologized to Dick Cheney. <laughs> like, yeah. king. What a king. He's like, I'm so sorry I got in front of your shot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you got to apologize before he reloads, right? I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what? A, a hilarious backstory. So I was working at the RNC at the time, and... And we were we were working through some things, and I was in. I think it was a Saturday morning. It was very early, and the communications director was was with me. And he's like, "Hey, Josh, can you do me a favor and just get on?" I think it was the El Paso Times or something like that. It was like some some newspaper that I obviously didn't look. It barely had a website at that point. And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Just see if there's any news on there." And I'm looking around, and there's like you know no news. And I walk into his office. And I'm like, "Why? What's up?" And he's like, "Well, I just got an interesting call from the White House." <laughs> Turns out the vice president's going to be rolling out his own announcement about shooting his friend in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then his friend's going to apologize for it. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and amazing. still, still better approval rating than Kamala. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So on this program today, after we're done with all of our festivities with Wesley, we are going to have Arizona governor candidate Matt Salmon, who I think a lot of you remember is the... Uh, sort of a conservative OG of the House of Representatives back in the early 2000s, came back for a stint. Interesting interview, obviously an important state, particularly for a governor who's got to hold down the border over there. think you will enjoy that. Uh, also, Smug, what, what's the Hack Madness update? Yeah, quick update to Hack Madness for, for our listeners who have not been following. Every March, we have a tournament of 64 media hacks to see who is the biggest hack in the media. Uh, the play-in game, the voting has just concluded on, on, on Twitter, and uh, Reed Galen has defeated Alyssa Farah to be the play-in 64th media hack I in the competition. I can tell you're upset. Uh, I mean, you know what? Yet again, I let the people speak. The people have chosen. The people decide. The, the people decide. That's the difference between our tournament and uh, any other out there. It's going to be amazing. We got 64 hacks. If you have not filled out your bracket... Hurry up, do that right now. Wesley, we got to get you a bracket. Yeah. We got to get you involved. I got a bracket sheet right ASAP. here. ASAP. Yeah, we yeah. got to get you involved. And you will find out in the halls of Congress, you'll have next year when we do this, you'll have your own seating that you're okay. going to want to put some input on. I'm in. They're all over the place, but this tournament is, is one of a kind. Uh, should we read a five star or, or two? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Smug, you should take the first one. Yeah, you think so? Okay. The, uh, the title is Smug's Laugh. Uh, by RX91. It says so many great things about the show and love the uh, have great ties that they have great ties with Megan Kelly. Best of all, Smug has a great evil laugh. I like that. <laughs> a relatable feeling for myself. Haha. <laughs> it I, it, I love, it is. I've been told that. Is it's that like what, a villain it's laugh. It's like the villain laugh. It's good though. I have, I have a full on. Laugh. Yeah. I feel like that was a little bit like an Ashbrook read of a five star, by the way. <laughs> oh, you see, like it's a plant? The touch stuff self serving. I yeah. feel like it's a coming back from Tuesday's program when he took one on the chin, you know? Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. You got one, Dunks? Sure. Uh, title here is Will Chris, Chris Cuomo Still Make the Bracket? From Boston Nurse One. I'm not usually one to write reviews, but I had to give a shout out to the fellas. I first got into Ruthless because of the Hack Madness tournament. And I've been looking forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays ever since as an ICU nurse in Boston, parenthetical here, owning the libs left and right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Hell yeah. 
Uh, and a Wait, new that mom. Nurse, that was a nurse that said that? Yeah. That's solid. That's right? Solid. Totally. And a new mom. And a new mom. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot happening to be concerned about these days. Living in the liberal fantasy land of Massachusetts can make it seem like you're on an island. And as a conservative, it's nice to be able to listen to the program and know I'm not alone. Nice. That's, right. That's Boston nice. nurse. That's I why we that. do it. Absolutely. Uh, the last one, Clash of the Titans wow. by Blizzard and a bunch of numbers. Uh, you know who you are. I discovered this podcast last year and have been an avid listener ever since. I'm a student at Tulane University, and it's nice to hear deep dives into the conservative thought, based China takes, yeah. and hilarious animal conversations instead of the liberal garbage that I hear from professors and fellow classmates. Like Holmes, I'm a Minnesota boy. Nice. I'm not surprised you found yourself in a nice place, because yeah. that's what we do. Right. Hailing from the east, from East Grand Forks. I got to tell you, that's cold up there. Yeah. East Grand Forks, my brother grew up there. Very, very cool. But he's at Tulane? This guy's at Tulane. Yeah, I, I think, think like, he like had enough. Like of... New Orleans? Is, was he sober when he wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, from Minnesota. it's from East Grand Forks. There's Absolutely no way. Not. Absolutely not. You go from to Minnesota East and, Grand Forks. And to, he's definitely not sober. No chance. No chance. <laughs> Love this guy already. Look us up when you're in town, pal. I enjoyed he- hearing you mention the Bakken in North Dakota because my dad... Uh, used to work there before we moved to Ohio. North Dakota is a place that gets forgotten by a lot of people, so it's nice to hear the shout-out. Thanks wow. for doing what you're doing, fellas. Keep up the good fight. And Minions need a King of the Hill matchup between Matthew, male pattern down, <laughs> and Kami, Cherry Jacobus. Uh, the fight would be legendary. Would, so, so a couple things. Uh, King of the Hill is basically paused during the hack tournament because we don't want to unduly influence the voting you know with, we with take this very votes. seriously yeah 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 and uh number there's like two, over a million votes so cast in this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and number two um we tried to highlight places that we feel have been left behind and, and don't get recognition like north dakota and hopefully but this summer we're ruminating maybe taking a trip uh through some of those parts of the country so stay tuned for that one yeah folks. take t- definitely stay tuned and my, my dad was born and raised in north dakota so i got a special spot with that one um, let's talk some NFL just because we, you know, look, we started this on Tuesday and now we have Wesley in here who's a big NFL guy. You're a Houston, Texas man. That's why I am a Houston, Texas guy. Yeah, Houston, Texas guy. And um, we're working on some quarterback issues. We had a really good quarterback. <laughs> and um, You still do, yeah, technically. And he, and he likes really good massage parlors as well, apparently. <laughs> uh, so we're working, working on that. He's got a couple of special orders from what I understand. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's right, but you know what? You're very up the NFL. I, I do, I do want to want to let you know that that I work out a lot, and after the halftime show at the Super Bowl, I've been inspired. Yes, uh, that was incredible. Yes, was that not the best? So my three year old saw a different side of Dada that day <laughs> because I'm literally watching Snoop Dogg. So I'm watching this. I'm like Snoop Dogg is crip walking right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In the Super Bowl during halftime. Yeah. Yes. It's happening. Yes. Yeah. Like right. This is the quickening. Right. We're, we're Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Fifty Cent. Hanging down, right. hanging upside down, and I go, 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 show it. Yeah. It's your birthday. And I'm like, it is my birthday. It's not, but it is right now. Right. And my three year old got a, got an earful of just like me rapping to Fifty Cent, Snoop, and Dre. I feel like all of our young kids had a best, like a special look when when Dre hit the keys. My wife was dropping it. My kids are looking at him like, what, what the, the hell is going on? Mom is dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> totally. So, so, we, so my wife and I, uh, we were we were on a road trip, we, and we were on our way back the day after the Super Bowl. 
I put on Chronic 2001 and just played the whole the album. Whole thing. The whole thing. I haven't stopped playing it, by the way. It's one of the best albums it's of all time. Amazing. Like, like from start to finish, and the interludes and all that is. And we hear. Yeah, it's the best. Da 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 da. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My oh my god! It's the best. The DRE is not losing. The yeah, <laughs> losing it. So anyway, I, I I did see a lot of. You know, some of my supporters, um, uh, they they aren't of, of our generation, if you will. Yeah. So I saw a lot of like hate. You know, they're yeah. just like, I don't understand this. You know, bring back George Strait. And I'm like, I like George Strait, but please let us millennials have this moment. Right. Let us get one. The last time I saw something like that was it was it was Janet Jackson and the and the the malfunction. Oh yeah, yeah. The you wardrobe know, yeah. malfunction. The wardrobe malfunction. I remember that. And that's the last time during the Super Bowl I had the moment of this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> like, my dreams you know, are coming. It's true. happening again. <laughs> you know, it's such a good. And I'm nervous. It's just a tip. Like, better have you naked by the end of this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, a lot of growing up in 2000. I, I did. I did. <laughs> Go up real quick. <laughs> oh man, that's super funny. I was at West Point, so you know we don't, you know we don't really see that. We don't see that very oh, often. No, you yeah. know, and it was just really interesting. Uh, and then literally some almost almost 20 years later, almost 20 years later, I had my next it's happening moment during a Super Bowl. During a Super Bowl. It was amazing. Well, and it was a great game. It was a great game. It was an excellent game. And now we're repackaging. Do the Texans, where do the Texans ship this guy, you think? Where's Watson going? I have absolutely no idea. So I, I kind of look at the feed every single day as to where he's going to go. So and, you're like, you're like I'm we trying are. to figure out. So quite frankly, I, so he's actually been exonerated of actually a lot of, that's, those, that's, a lot of those issues. That's an important yeah. thing I wanted to point out. It, it is. Because right. I want him. I, I still don't think it's too late. Uh, I was just talking to Duncan. We can ship Russell to Indianapolis, we can get Deshaun do like a three team yeah. oh, trade. About that. Okay. I mean, the guy Deshaun Watson is incredible. He can play incredible quarterback. So actually, I don't want to see him leave the Texans. Actually, I I, yeah. I want to see us mid fences. I think he already said it. I think I, I think it's I too like, late. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got too. He's burned a lot of bridges down there, particularly in the massage part. We'll take. Not, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to point out a grand jury declined to indict him, folks. <laughs> I just want to let he's you know. Broncos just, ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's Broncos like, ready. Deshaun, if you're listening, it's like a normal massage parlor but in the mile high club at the same time if you're in denver so <laughs> there's an additional component that's my sale added points come to denver okay well that's an interesting thing come to denver uh, <laughs> there there is a, a quick graphic that i will note here that shows that denver has improved its lot yeah uh, significantly in its chances to go to the super bowl i'm sorry but the bottom of the list here the second to the bottom of the list michael are your Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Uh, <laughs> the Commanders. The Commanders. The commanders. You basically paid paid them to take him off your hands. Well, dude, they paid full freight, the right. whole 28 mil bone. I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a tough thing uh, to get rid of your starting quarterback, but to free up that cap space is incredible. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it's sort of like musical chairs right now, and the music's getting ready to stop playing, and the Colts don't have a starting quarterback. Facts. Little rough. Facts. Little rough, and and Texans won't trade to him because he's in the division. Facts. So, look, dude, it's not looking good. No, it's not looking good. For can't point something out. Like, like Aaron Rodgers is going to make fifty million dollars a year, right? Five zero. No, market's crazy. Serious. Right now. I mean, Kirk Cousins is making forty five. That's that's so insane. It's insane. Yeah, that's an insane amount of money. Totally. And that's an insane hit to the cap. Now he's, he's right. worth it. I mean, because he's the best player in, in, in football, but. Think about put that in perspective. What, what no, I don't no. get is why agents can't structure these deals for running backs. 
who like you've because got, you've got probably, if you're lucky you've got four years you need to make as much money as possible because they're all on rookie deals i mean right. don't, don't worry that'll come back in the next round of negotiations before they get into trouble i guarantee you running backs want to restructure because i mean games. that is i mean like I, <clears throat> as, as someone who plays fantasy it's like okay if someone is a, it, basically it's become a rule of thumb if they were awesome last year don't pick them up because yeah. they're going to get hurt this year yeah 100 we got jonathan taylor best back in the league yeah. in my opinion yeah. we've got a great defense we got darius leonard who's like an absolute he's monster a, he's an animal he's the an dude, animal the dude gets to the ball like nobody's yeah. business all we need is somebody to manage the game and once again i say may i interest you in our finest Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> for a mere 45, 45 million, million dollars <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some serious stuff. I, here's what I want to start with, Wesley, because I know you've got expertise in this area as a combat veteran. Um, Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Zelensky addressed a joint session of Congress. Incredibly significant because that just doesn't happen very often. He, he was the first, I think, foreign leader to address the House of Commons. Um, and so, you know, look, he, he is an incredibly inspiring individual in terms of what he's been able to rally the world around. What are your thoughts? So, so first of all, the fact that a leader, a leader of a country ad- addresses Congress in an in a, in a OD drab like T-shirt. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, just the most gangster thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, like no suit, no tie, T-shirt. We're going to war, boys. Yeah. And I think th- just that image of him, I think, is a beacon of light to the to the entire world, and I absolutely love I absolutely love seeing it. But we really got in this position in the first place because of absolute weakness. Mm, here, here, that's right, absolute weakness. And like this is this is a country that literally has avoided that because we have the biggest stick, we have the best, <laughs> we have the best army and the best military force in the entire world, and and Putin has been talking about invading a country for the past thirty years. Right for the past thirty years. I mean, I mean, th- this goes back to, to ninety nine. He's he has invaded or started a war uh, 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 for for every president for the last five presidents, with the exception of President Trump, by the way. Yep. And that's because President Trump led from a position of of, of sheer leadership and understanding that we are strong, you are weak, and you're not going to mess with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we're in this position because of weakness, you're you're you're, look, you're looking at Vladimir Putin, and he's saying, "Well, sanctions now." And then I, I think back to like Black Bush and Dave Chappelle. He was like, "Sanction, <laughs> sanction with your army." Wait a minute, you don't have an army, right? Remember that? Remember that, remember that skit? Yeah, sanction oh, me. Yeah. Sanction yeah. me, right? If the, I didn't have an army, yeah. Yeah. then the, the UN's gonna sanction me. Sanction, sanction me. me with what army? <laughs> Dude, those Chappelle skits were the they best. were the best. They were the best. <laughs> they were the best. And that is Vladimir Putin right now. He's not worried about sanctions, right? Because he's made his mind up, and he knows that that Joe Biden isn't going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now I think Putin has his hands full. I, I don't think that he thought that the Ukrainians would fight this hard. I don't think that he yeah. thought that 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 the Klitschko brothers would literally come back home and say, "Giddy up, boys, let's roll." <laughs> you know what? By the his and his side, you're running in as a Russian soldier. You run into the Klitschkos. Yeah, former heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> so, do you know what I want to see happen? I want everybody to run out of ammo in this war, and then it comes down to a bare knuckle fight between the Klitschko brothers and all the Russians. Yeah, right. And then this decides the war. Yeah, and the, and Ukrainians will win. I I want this to happen so desperately. Klitschko v Russia. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it really feels like this is like the millennial moment. Like we, you know, we when millennials were uh, more hip in terms of age is when you had 
Chronic 2001 drop. Yes. You know, like our Super Bowl moment. Yes. The Klitschko's were the heavyweights. Yeah. yeah. Like, this, this is, is like a very geriatric rise up. Yeah. It's coming back. Yeah. It's coming yeah. back, bullet. It's coming we're back. We're bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> really? We're bringing sexy back, man. <laughs> but Old listen, school Jay Turbo, like, look at that. Look at that yeah, reference. Yeah. But listen, so here's what I'm wondering from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, we've got largely outside of China, the international community that has shut this guy down. I mean, mm -hmm. Russia's economy is on the verge of collapse. And that's why China, but that's why China is, is going to ultimately fund them. Yep. Okay, so that's why he's not worried about sanctions because he's going to get funding for this war from somebody, cough, cough, China. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, so, and so this is why he went, to, this is why he did this in the first place, right? So this goes back to Chechnya in 99, mm -hmm. the second Chechnyan war, and then annexing Crimea under the Obama administration. This has been planned out for literally the last 30 years. This guy is a former member of the KGB. Mm -hmm. yeah. He thinks in generations. They think in, mm -hmm. in hundred year generations, and, and the Chinese think in thousand, thousand yep. year dynasties. Yep. Yep. Okay, so it, when we do every, every, every four years, so literally, if you think about what we were talking about three years ago, we were talking about just like, you know, like mean tweets. But but we had world peace. We had the Abraham Accords. Mm -hmm. yep. We moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Yep. Iran was not going to have a nuclear weapon. And now we are literally on the verge of World War III. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally on the verge of World War III because everybody knows how weak we are. There's nothing we're going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I want, I want people to understand that there are countries that want to see us fail. I've seen them. I've seen the world. Everybody doesn't grow up in America. Everybody doesn't, doesn't have that same level of benevolence mm -hmm. that we want to do better for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. I always talk about my great-great-grandfather. My great-great-grandfather was a slave. His great great grandson will be a United States congressman. Yeah, jeez. You know what? That's America. That and we applaud that, right? That doesn't happen in the world. They, China will laugh at us if we fail. Russia will laugh at us if we fail. We can talk about mean tweets all you want. At the bottom, the bottom line is, is this: we were strong, now we're weak, and the world knows it. NATO, the UN, not answering our call. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, how about, I mean, Saudi Arabia? Not answering our calls? Not answering well, just call. think, Just think if the United States could give to Ukraine the Air Force that they left behind in Afghanistan. Oh, my God. Dude, that was good. Right? It's incredible. I oh mean, like God. a demonstration of weakness. Yeah, an about incredible I, demonstration. I, 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 like, I, I, hey, Taliban, we just we get the keys back. I think after back. Biden abandoned the, that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, I think uh, someone ran the statistics of what was left behind and operable. Yeah. Not what was, you know, the Marines tried to leave inoperable, but what was actually in that rush left operable. They have like the 11th biggest yeah. military by like planes and equipment in NATO. Yeah. But I, mean, I just also want to say you absolutely nailed it. That monologue needs to be played. People need to hear that. That is such a huge issue. And I hope more people are, are paying attention to this in, in terms of like how Russia and China are in cahoots. I mean, yes, they are. How, how we discuss of, okay, we shouldn't buy uh, oil from uh, Russia, certainly. But when their lifeline is China, yeah. I mean, when are we going to confront that? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, look, a lot has been made about the American psyche post-COVID, inflation, poverty, you know, the global pandemic. I mean, a bunch of bad stuff, yes. right? And, and so American mental health is not in the best place that it's ever been. What gets overlooked, in my view, is something you can speak to, is 
our veterans, particularly those who served in the war on terror, many of whom you served with, and their reaction to all of this, in particular Afghanistan. Yeah. And, you know, we've spoken to a lot of people on this show, and it's a, it's a thing. It's, yeah. it's, it is very difficult to wrap your mind around how we got to this place. You, I'm sure, still speak to a lot of your yeah, buddies. I do. How are they doing? Not good. Not good. And Afghanistan actually should have should have never happened. And mm-hmm. I do and I do want to kind of talk about the weakness aspect of this. So I heard from someone else. I won't say who it was. That 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 was a uh, a witness of the negotiation that President Trump had with the Taliban. Okay. So it's President Trump talking to the Taliban. President Trump tells Taliban leadership, "Hey, we are going to leave." Afghanistan, but it's going to be a conditions-based withdrawal. And so if you don't adhere to these conditions, then we're not going to leave. But I want to tell you something. If you harm a hair on an American, I'm going to kill you. Yep. And you know what Taliban said? I, I think he's about that action, boss. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he's going to do that, right? Yeah. So, and so that's why we didn't have really any issues. And, and what we have to understand is that at the end of the day, when it came to Afghanistan, we had to lead from strength and also have a small force on the ground. Yeah. That's just what we had to deal with. Or maybe good. like Bagram was an important asset. We had to keep Bagram. Right, we keep the asset and, and, and we keep it manned as well. And we keep an eye on the region. Look, it's a rounding error to our defense budget. Yeah. And as long as we lead from strength and everybody there is relatively safe. Again, Biden gets in office. Everybody sees the weakness. Mm-hmm. Literally, he wanted to have his day on 9-11 to say this. 20 years later, yeah. we have now left Afghanistan. That's and, right. And it cost us 13 Marines. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's on him, by the way. That's a fact. 13 lives for him to have that moment. That's, and he didn't even get his moment. Yeah. No. And that's why you don't lead from a position of, 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 of making sure that we qualify for a date. Yeah. Right. We do the right thing. Mm. America's always done the right thing. And we have a guy right now that, quite frankly, you, you listened to, to the monologue earlier. I'm not sure he knows where he is. I mean, there's proof. We, we have actual <laughs> proof that you heard it. Very the much world, where the is. world is watching The world this. is watching, and they know it. And they know it. I'm and about it, to put bunting up around here just yeah, to have right. Leslie stand on the table. I know. <laughs> this, is, I know. this is what I want to hear. Yeah. This is it. I mean, after you get in Congress, we can still have him as a, as a regular, right? Like, I mean, I hope so. Sign me. All right. Let me switch top. We could talk for all yes, we could. day yeah. about this. Um, one thing we had to hit was Amazon. Yeah. This story has to be said. According to the New York Post, Amazon is relocating its employees from Seattle after a violent crime surge. Who would have thought? Oh. Who could have imagined? Uh, you know, we, we had uh, basically an entire summer where every of Democrat. Love. Yeah. The, it was the love. The summer Small of love. love. You've, got, yes. you've, you've got the Chaz. Um, you have every Dem who was basically saying defund the police. Yeah. Um, we don't need to worry about criminals. And it's gotten so bad across this country, not just in Seattle, what did but they across call, the country. What did they call that hellhole that was like the safe zone? Yeah, that was Chaz. No, that was Chaz. 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 It wasn't a hellhole. Yeah. It was love. It was love. And, yeah. and there were only, I think, only one or two murders. Only one or two murders. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. That's it, guys. I mean, listen, this is a problem across the country. I mean, that place is ungovernable. It's been ungovernable it for a long time. They're frank, frankly lucky that it's not been overthrown by criminals long before now given the liberal structure that they have put in place there but throughout the country 
on the back end of COVID, crime has not receded. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How much of this in Texas are you hearing about from your voters? We're hearing about it so much that on the border in Texas, in the Republican primary that we just had, there was a 300 percent increase amongst Hispanic amongst Hispanics voting in a Republican primary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all and it all stems from open borders and mostly stems from crime. Mm-hmm. We have, Houston right now is actually is actually the crime the murder capital of the world right now, which was never the My case God. before. Seriously, it was never the case before. Absolutely. And by the way, how'd you get ahead of Chicago? Uh, it, through hard work. <laughs> yeah. E- hard work equals liberal policies. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting, actually, you know, the mayor the mayor of Houston, Mayor Turner, actually did not defund the police. He actually increased funding for the police, actually. I, I give credit, well, I give thing, credit where credit is due. This is the thing. is like all of a sudden, everybody was talking about defunding the police in he the summer of 2020. That. And then all of a sudden they looked around and they're like, Mm-mm. Wait a minute! This is a bad idea. Mm-mm. Right? You, you don't you don't want to do that. So, w- whenever I'm in my district and and I talk to and I talk to people, it's, it's specifically people in the black community. Yeah. And people in low income communities. What I find out all the time is you you go you go knock on grandma's door. She doesn't want to defund the police. Yeah. Right? Hell no. Right. She wants more police. Right. Grandpa wants more police. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. The only people that you are hurting are actually not communities that can afford to have their own police force. Right, it's the low socioeconomic communities that get hurt the most. Totally. I mean, I, I and latte liberals are the ones that are, that are, that are facilitating all of this. Yeah, and they're, and they're, and they're, right they're insulated from all of it, Ex- right? Exactly. It's it's the difference between rhetoric and reality. The people who support the Chaz, who never have to worry about violent crime, that tend to be white and liberal and affluent and live in suburban areas. They're like, yeah, you know what? Sure, fu- defund the police. <laughs> of course, of you know what's fine? Say that. I'm going to sit know? on my Zoom. It's right. safe. Everybody's safe. Right. I mean, I right. mean, that's the thing is, and 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 you nailed it absolutely. Um, the situation is that the the priorities and 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 the actual uh, leadership of the Democrat Party at this point, they they are not a party of the working class. They're a party of college professors who are coming up with these theories of like, what if we got rid of the police, you know? And, right. and probably the best hedge fund on this planet is Nancy Pelosi's retirement fund, <laughs> right. you know? Right. It's unbelievable. And right. so That's these people awesome. don't have to live with the consequences of the policies that, that they're awesome. championing, right? you know? You you look at polling, Latin, Latin, uh, you know, Latinos don't want to be called Latinx. This is a college professor in Massachusetts that yeah. the Dems are, are, are running with. She's long on ice cream, by yeah. the way. <laughs> in that uh, Jen, Jenny's, Jenny's ice cream. Yeah, that's right. Long, I love it. She's long on ice cream, but like, but like short, but shorting natural gas, obviously. Yeah, that's that's right. right. But look, you made reference to the immigration issue, yeah, which of course is affecting Texas in a lot of ways. I want to play a soundbite from Joe Biden during his debate in 2020 and then ask you to react to that. Vice President Biden, you opposed sanctuary cities as a presidential candidate in 2007. Where do you stand now? Should undocumented immigrants arrested by local police be turned over to immigration officials? No. What? Straight up. I mean, can you believe? No. No. Nope. No. So that's the thing is that we found out. So Tuesday's show, we did a whole bunch of, of, of replay, right, about how these guys, their entire plan was to limit energy and natural gas. And we'll get into that in a minute. But but that was the plan, right, to try to shut down domestic supply of energy. And now they're acting as though Vladimir Putin is the one that shut off the spigot. Yeah. It goes for immigration as well. These are these folks told everyone they would not only enforce zero border protection, they would not prosecute people if they came across. And in this particular clip, 
they wouldn't shouldn't even be stopped. So do you know what we have found out in Texas and, and much to the chagrin of the Democrats is that actually legal Hispanic people just want good governance and they want good law and order. Like That's everyone. Right. And they don't care what you look like. They don't care what you're from. We just want to be safe. We came here. We are we are citizens. We are taxpayers. We vote. And that's all I want is to be safe like every other that's American right, that gets right. to live in this country. Yes. That, yes. That's all they want. I mean, you look at the polling numbers among Latino voters. That If they cared, the Democrats should be worried. So, if they cared. So here's what's happening in Texas, actually. Everybody always thinks Texas is going to turn blue. Texas is going to turn blue. And it's Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Tony. Yep. We had him on the program. Friend of the program. Awesome dude. Yeah, he is. Awesome dude. The, the, he, has, he has the distinction of having the most border border wall of any congressman in the entire country yeah okay is, uh, texas and, 23 is is that what it is is it 23 i, I think it's 23 yeah, yeah. yes i think it's 23 yeah, yeah. and he li, li, like 28 30 counties and it's just mostly border majority hispanic district trump won that district and he became a congressman in 2020 yeah, yeah. put that in perspective yeah right. see everybody thinks that like again every the left puts everybody in buckets. Everybody's monolithic. That's right. That's right. Brown people think this way. Right. Black people totally. think this way. And they're losing. They're getting their butts kicked. Let me tell you something about my district in Texas, in Houston. There are uh, Harris County is the third largest county in the entire country. There are five congressional districts in Harris County, roughly five. Four of the five are heavy Democrat seats, like Biden plus 25. And four of the five are minority majority seats. There's only one Trump district left, Trump by 20, and one white majority district left in, in, in Harris County, and I'm going to be the congressman there, a yeah. black man. Do you know why? Because we just want good policies and we just want good governance. Nobody cares what I look like. Yeah. Like, I literally have the honor of being judged by the content of my character, not by the color of my skin. And that's what the dream was. That's, that's what exactly we were the dream. With. Yeah. That's exactly, I'm living the dream, but the left won't let us have that. Yeah, oh, it's just, God, it's, it's just music. And I'm a black guy, and and by the way, who cares? Right. It's good governance. Hispanic people are actually, do you know what? They want to go home, and they want to be safe, and they want the kids that be to be in good schools, and they want to be policed, and they want the bad guys to go away. That has nothing to do with race. Isn't it amazing? Zero. Isn't it amazing that anybody can actually think it's anything other than that? It's, I mean, it's a simple ask. And, and and it's an amazing position that the Republican Party is in, especially this cycle, that, okay, what we are championing is we want your kids to be able to have a good education. We want you to feel safe in your homes. And we want you to be able to run a business. That's that's basically that's it. it. That's our platform. Right. That's it. And the other side is opposing this. Yeah. <laughs> They're like no, no, and no. Yeah, because George George That's perfect. Cause, <laughs> like because George Soros has a couple hundred million dollars to throw around to these left wing DAs and fund yep. their campaigns right. across the country to decriminalize crime. Right, right, to make it impossible to put bad people in prison. Totally, you know. And then and then what I saw then what I saw this morning that I got up this morning, worked out, went to the gym, stayed in the hotel, and then I and I have Fox News on because I mainline Fox News these days for the most part. I mean, it's it's a, it's a drip. I got a drip going. For Fox yeah. News, and and I'm watching TV, and and I'm literally watching what was a grown what was a grown man who's now a woman swimming <laughs> against against women, and then and then and then the headline is this person she's gonna gonna win all the break all these records and win all I'm like well well of course because it's a grown man <laughs> right. Right. Swimming against women. So if we are the side that just, and I have two little girls at home. So if we're on the side that just says, 
I think that like biological men should compete against biological men and then biological women should compete against biological women. This is now groundbreaking. No, I know you're, you're controversial. It's, it's stunning. That's that, a controversial this is, this is where statement. We are now. This is where we are now. I mean, up is but This is down. why we're going to win, Smug. This is why I we're going to win. That's why we're going to win. Because people are like, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, common sense ain't too common. It's not. <laughs> what they didn't count. I, I think that's a big part is the Dems did not count that the vast majority of Americans are normal. Yeah. Whoa. That's their problem. Yeah. Because they've Whoa. taken these wild positions that are coming. Uh, like I said, they're, they're these professors in Massachusetts who have come up with these crazy theories. And that's what they think they want to run with. They're telling Latinos, listen. I'm a college professor. You're Latinx in, in, now. In Boston. Yeah. You are Latinx now. Yeah. But like, they're so, no. right? To your point, Smug, they're so insulated in their social circles that they just sort of speak bullshit to each other back and forth and convince them ch- each other that up is down and down is up. Right? We played a clip on Tuesday of Nancy Pelosi straight face saying from a Democratic, what is he, like a retreat? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Saying... You know, people think the government spending is the problem with inflation. Our government spending is reducing inflation. That's like, it's, like and, we're and, stupid. And then yeah, she exactly. and then she said it's reducing the national debt. Holy shit! Like I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that. <laughs> that, that <thing. laughs> it's like, that's insane. I don't even know what. Like how do you? I, it's it's not something you can argue against because you just look at it like, wow, that is genuinely profound. That's insane. It's insane. It's an insane statement, but that's where they're at, right? Right. Let's transition to more of insanity. And this one, again, in Texas, you will have a strong opinion about. This is a mashup, I think, courtesy of the Republican National Committee, which does great work in their research arm, about Joe Biden opposing American energy. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipeline infrastructure? No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. (laughs) Straight up. Tell that to my wife's family in Midland. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, he's going to sacrifice. On, he's okay. going to be the one sacrificing. Listen, Not- there should only be one person who makes money off of fossil fuels, and that is Hunter Biden in Ukraine. He, yeah. has, <laughs> he has a lot of experience managing energy companies. No, he, no, he is an artist, sir. <laughs> and now he's an artist. I will correct that. He does excellent work with his feet, too, from what I understand. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Hunt, the floor is yours. <laughs> you know, oh my goodness, where do I even? Begin? How do you recover from Where that? do I begin? So I, I can't wait for the D trip to be like 
top Republican recruit Wesley Hunt replies to Mr. Holmes referring to his feet. Or Mark's feet. I'm like, no, it was actually energy, guys. Yeah. Okay. It's an outrageous <laughs> suggestion that what you saw on video wasn't in fact the case. <laughs> you know, so so in, and so my district, Houston is kind of known as being the energy capital of the world. And in, within Houston, there's the energy corridor within Houston. So most energy companies really throughout the world have a play in this district, and the whole corridor is in my district. Mm. And and I like would like to say that makes me the energy congressman of the world, mm-hmm. essentially. Right. So protecting the oil like and gas that. industry. That, that is, on the business group. That is so strong. That's nice. That is so strong. I like that. I, I love every time I say it. Anytime you put of the world on anything, it just sounds cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. sounds great. It really does. You throw that in an Apache <laughs> on there, you're all set. <laughs> yeah. We got these co- see, this is this is what we gotta do here with these cozies. Yeah, yeah. he's showing us he's showing us a, 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 co- a koozie that he's sh- that he's put together of his new pack, which we'll talk about, Hellfire. Yes. But I think uh, energy. The I is the, the Hellfire world. missile. They, they say, I mean, I was on board when I saw that. Right? <laughs> that was it. Sign me up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's and so it's so literally the United States is roughly fourteen point two percent of the world's carbon and declining and has declined for the last ten years. And why is the case? Because of because of fracking mm-hmm. and because of natural gas. Mm-hmm. Natural gas actually reduces our carbon footprint. Yep. But this goes back to benevolence. You see, we live in a country that wants to do better. Yeah. Do you think China cares about nope. their carbon? They don't nope. care. Russia doesn't care. India doesn't care. Do you want to know who's not part of the climate accords? China, the largest emitter of, of carbon in the entire world. Right. And for whatever reason, we've come to this place where we believe that if we build it, they will come. If we say we want to reduce our carbon footprint, then China will too, and they don't care. Except, they, except they also, we've decided in the process, we're going to take the, we have to buy it from them. Yeah, That's we gotta right. buy. We gotta buy. We gotta all buy of the their solar, stuff. The solar panels. That, that was so. I had and we don't have to, by the way. Right. Oh, I, I had a friend who recently told me that now in California they're working on banning it. That if you have a, a new home, you're not allowed to have natural gas stoves. That they're trying Shut to get rid of. Up. That I mean, everyone knows like natural gas. It's called natural <laughs> gas for a reason. Pretty clean. That they're trying to get rid of that. Like their whole idea is, what if instead of letting the United States create jobs and have its wow. energy independence. What if we had to buy all our solar panels from China and we wow. had to buy all our rare earths for these electric cars, which Elon Musk just announced the price of Tesla is going up. Like when, 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 when uh, Mayor, Mayor, uh, uh, Mayor Pete says, just buy, just buy an electric car. Mm. If gas is too expensive, just buy an electric car. I mean, yeah, the prices are going up. About 120 grand, no problem. The, the, the choice on the table is Democrats saying, Listen, we can either shut off your natural gas and we can have solar panels that we buy from China and we can have dependence on China for these rare earths and these electric cars or a robust energy right. you it's, know, it's economy like this culture, in the United States. It's like this culture of like preemptive like retreat and surrender. That's like exactly in America's energy sector, it goes like all the way back to the Jimmy Carter, like it just does. put a sweater on. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. Yes, it's just yes. It's yeah. wild. It's, it's let them eat, let the let them eat cake approach. Yeah. So so here's the problem. It's an all hands on deck approach. Yeah. It's everything. It's natural gas and it's wind and it's solar and it's nuclear. It's an and conversation, not an or conversation. But I'm gonna tell y'all something. I, I I found this out a couple of weeks ago when I was talking and do some research or talking to some oil and gas executives. You know, let's just say the United States, you know, you know, consumed a hundred barrels of oil, one hundred, okay, and we snapped our fingers and then we no longer put gas in cars. Everything was electric we would still use 80 barrels of oil. Whoa, yeah. that's a stat. Why is that? 
Why is that? Look, the headphones that we're yeah, using, exactly. your iPhone the, that you have, all the petroleum, which, products. all the petroleum products yeah. that oh, we and, use. And for whenever everything. someone in San Francisco is powering up their Tesla, it's they got because the energy came from See, batteries store electricity. That's they funny. don't make electricity. Okay, fossil fuels make electricity. So nobody wants to have this conversation and say, guys, you actually you don't you don't mean this like you don't mean what you're saying. And then now you want to go to OPEC and now you want to go to Venezuela and now you want to go to Iran and, and buy them. their dirt and yeah. buy their dirty oil. That's dirtier. Yeah. 30 percent dirtier than right. our oil. And you want to do all this in the name of climate change. Right. Because it's become religion to them. Yeah. That's, right. that's, 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 that's it. You just hit it. That's it. That's that. I've been saying that Man, for, for a it. long time. That's he it. He totally gets it. Yeah. Um, Look, I think there's one thing that there's a bit of good news this week on this front. Only one bit, but it's a bit. And it, I think the Variety program should take another scalp tour here. Oh, that's right. We got ourselves a scalp. Yeah. Another one. So add, to the, add to the collection. The, a Fed nominee who, uh, you know, we talked about sort of at great length, has withdrawn her nomination. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> The Fed nominee has said uh, that a the central bank shouldn't have purchased bonds of fossil fuel companies as part of a wow. pandemic response, Whoa. and and she got aced. She got aced. Sarah Bloom Raskin, her dream of ruling the earth with green energy, has come to a close. And I was I was especially pleased Very for good. us getting rid of this awful candidate. Um, the Federal Reserve is in theory supposed to be the apolitical. Just what's best for lowering unemployment, keeping interest rates in check. That's their job. And the fact that the Biden administration, in all the openings, has tried to put in as many partisan voices. Like, right. what the hell does fossil fuels have to do with maintaining the mandate of the Federal Reserve? It's just nothing. 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 It's just but, nothing. But what they want to do is they want to weaponize the financial industry in the same way that they've done in the private sector. There's that book, that, it, that book, Woke Inc., yes. by, by Vivek Ramaswamy. Highly recommend it. We've had him here on the Variety program. He talks about how the financial s sector has been perverted for all of these left-wing, woke agenda bullshit things, and now they're trying to do that to the government itself. That's but right. it's so pervasive that it now just becomes part of their daily lives. Right. Like, they don't see it any other way. Right. Right? That and, and I always try to point out, uh, probably the worst senator in our country, Sheldon Whitehouse, <laughs> championed this candidate because, like, his whole thing, I mean, the hypocrisy of this guy, when he goes to, he belongs to multiple white-only clubs. That only white people are allowed. Yeah, to no, we like call yacht, him. his we, yacht club. I mean, it's yeah. insane that that and this we person call him Sheldon White Club. We call yeah. him Sheldon White Club. <laughs> the fact that this guy tries to lecture everyone on what, it, what is equity and, and 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 like who is the best for this country is right. unbelievable. And he championed uh, uh, Sarah Raskin because th th there's a significant portion of the Democrat Party that wants to cripple American energy independence. Right. They the, the whole socialist thing is just dependence. And that's what they're pushing. Dependence, period. So we got one more piece of audio here. This is the president again. We we talked a lot about this on Tuesday. Here we go again. About him blaming inflation and gas prices on Putin. Here's another addition. And now, second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Not a joke. No, it actually is a joke. You're a joke. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, uh, sadly, our president is pretty much the punchline at this point. It, it is. It's, yes. it's incredible. But I, I mean, I, look, the polls show that absolutely nobody is buying this. Yes. I got to imagine in a state like Texas, in a place like Houston, where people are actually familiar with the energy production in this country, that a line like that 
is like a fart in church. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's really great. I mean, because it's true. It's Texas. It's so true. It's and, just rough, right? You know. You know. We say in Texas, like like that dog won't hunt. You yeah, know? that's right. It's just, right. It's just not. That's just not going to work. And. We have watched prices increase. Well, but by the way, this 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 war with Ukraine has been is three four weeks old. This isn't like, no prices have been increasing for the past year. We've had supply chain issues for the past year. We've had issues at the border for the past year. Like this isn't brand new. The fact like, that we, they we're not even stupid. So don't blame Putin for this. Like this this is you right now on my social media. We actually put up last week a, a, a clip of uh, of President Trump at a rally talking about how you know what. When President Biden's going to be the president, if he's the president, it's going to be your gas is going to be seven, eight, nine dollars a gallon. And then miraculously, we look at what's happening across the country and gas in certain places in California. Prophetic. Seven, eight, nine dollars a gallon. Yeah. And do you know why? It's bad policies and overregulating yes. the very industry that keeps your lights on, that keeps your that keeps your home heated and cooled and if you live in texas and if you walk into a a place a restaurant or a building with no ac you walk right out right it's the most by the way you know houston texas is the most air-conditioned city is it? i can it, believe it, it probably should in the be. world i can believe it that probably should if be. you ever been there in august it the gets humid <laughs> so everybody complains about how humid it is right but i but, but really you're in your house right yeah air conditioning you don't even you get know. your car air conditioning you park you walk into a building, air conditioning. It's just AC abound, yeah. right? And I double dog dare anybody to cut the AC off. People will freak out. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, there's those two things I love about Houston. Number one, everywhere is air conditioned. Number two, the food is incredible. I, I propose right now when we do our like ruthless live across the country, we got to hit Houston, folks. Oh, Come yeah, no, no, no. We got to be and, there. And, and Hunt is going to be bird dog in the it. spot for us, too. We're going to El Tempo. You're basically... Okay. <laughs> You're gonna yes. have, you're gonna have the best Mexican food of your life. Okay, I'm I, I'm, so taking, I'm to this. treating y'all to this, and we're, we'll, we'll get we'll get the back patio, and we want great margaritas and the best Mexican food of all time. Oh yeah, you know you, you know how authentic it is. You walk into a place, and 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 you see you, you see people literally making the tortilla. Yeah, yes, like yes. This. Yeah, putting a little thing and cooking, and you're like, I'm going to eat all that. Yeah, <laughs> mine. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And they're yeah. like real chips. Like it's like authentic stuff. We're going. I love it. I love it. All right, a couple other things we got to hit here, and then we got to get you out of here. The, um, I think it's worth touching on, Smug, particularly because you are uh, very attuned to all of this. Is that COVID nineteen is now shutting down plants in China? Have you followed this? This is this is a huge deal. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm surprised how little attention this has gotten in the mainstream media. So you're seeing factories in Shenzhen, which is basically the tech hub and manufacturing hub yes. of China, which are being shut down. China has put in this kind of like uh, COVID zero policy where they are trying to have zero citizens with COVID. And I mean, the videos that you see of they're requiring millions and millions of, of, of Chinese citizens to take every single day a COVID test and they're 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 like sealing their doors yeah. shut again they they're they're right back to it. The mortality rates of of the strains that are going around right there and especially the one in Hong Kong. I'm I'm you know the numbers oh, yeah, it's are like coming 4%. There, it's it's stunning. It's stunning the numbers are coming there. But this is particularly important because uh these days it's it's not like we're back to, you know 
in my opinion, we should have our muscle cars and, and uh, you know, your Mustangs and Camaros back in the day did not need chips. But now every car, <laughs> you know, if, if you want a minivan, chances are there are microchips all through that. <laughs> yeah, right. And a lot of them are coming from this area. So yeah. the inability to get microchips is, is that crunch that we have currently is only going to get worse because. Wow. I mean, the COVID is running rampant in these areas. And I think this this is hand in hand with what we were discussing of the importance of American energy independence. Wow. The importance of America to have independence on tech itself, independence, a, a, everything right. independence across the board. But the entire pandemic revealed a need to, I, I believe, to re, you know relook at our supply chains and our ability. I mean, to one of the one of the saddest things is I remember when yeah. the when the pandemic was first hitting, um, there were only two places in America that could get to work on, on stitching and putting together PPE. And one of them was Brooks brothers and they still had to close their only manufacturing plant in America. I mean, I mean, this is a huge problem. And nobody's talked about this. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that China never figured out the vaccination process anyway. Nope. Right. They never figured it out. Everyone wants to talk about China's global domination and in many ways, in terms of their economic aggressiveness, that's true. But I have never seen a country make more bad decisions in the course of four years than that country has yeah, made. That's true, too. It is unbelievable to me that if, they couldn't if, figure out. They stole the damn Moderna vaccine. They true. still couldn't figure still out how to make it. If yeah. we had leadership in this White House and in Congress where the Dems have the House, the Senate, and the White House, this would be a golden age and an opportunity to restore and rebuild America. And the fact that all their focus since day one, day one, the first priority for Joe Biden was to shut down America's energy independence. Literally. It's yeah. unbelievable. Ending the Keystone XL pipeline, just like day that. Day one. Right? That yeah. was his first priority. Just like that. Just dumbassery all around. Listen, we got to play a game with you. I'm in. <laughs> That's what yeah, I like to hear. Yeah, I love that. The Straight up. The answer is yes. Uh, Sorry, Biden, right now. Yes. Our game. <laughs> no. Yes. yes. No. Yes. Our game master <laughs> is Michael Duncan. Yes. Uh, we're going to play Demer Journal. Mm. Uh, and before we get to the game and the explanation of the game, we got to listen to our way too long theme song. Yes. Demogerno, 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 Demogerno. That sounds like an image of a vaccine. Nobody knows. <laughs> the best, the best is watching, watching our guests who play this reaction to that song. Yeah, it's like, what the hell what, is What's going on? That is always two what? stanzas too long. Which is part of its charm. It's part of the charm. It's, it's part of its it. charm. Enough, uh, so for that. our new listeners and our guest here today, I'm going to read four statements, three of which are made by journalists, uh, figures in the media, and one by a Democratic operative, Smug Wesley. Josh, you guys have to decide who is the Democrat operative. <clears throat> Statement number one. President Biden's not getting a Zelensky bounce. And when you look at the polling, it's kind of fascinating. It's like the guy's like a hero for defending his country <laughs> as it's being turned into rubble by Vladimir Putin and the, the question is, why isn't Biden? Why isn't <laughs> Biden getting the Zelensky bounce? Yeah. It's just, it's just incredible. Biden came out and called, like, what is it, Kamal the First Lady? Why isn't he getting the same kind of bounce? What? Why isn't the modern day Winston Churchill transposed onto our brain dead president? I can't figure it out. 
Okay. Okay. Statement. <clears throat> Statement number two. This is also on, on, on Ukraine. What has been done thus far is nothing short of historic. Let me say that again for people writing snarky op-eds about this administration. Oh, my God. Anybody suggesting that Don, uh, Donald Trump would have done any of this? Please. Please take your clown show somewhere else. Democrat. Oh. You think so? Wait, hold on. <laughs> save it. Save it. Save oh, it. Save it. We got to save it till the last. Wait, there's yeah. more. No, you got to hear them all because okay. that you might revise and extend. Okay, let me. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm ready. Statement number three. Biden way deserves more credit for his response to the Russia-Ukraine war. <laughs> He's standing up to Putin and putting very real pressure on him and his oligarch buddies while building international support for Zelensky. Trump would have looked the other way. You are right. Let me, let me right? Wait, let me it's wait for so the, difficult. For the next one. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep your powder dry here. Okay, you're right. You're it's right. It's difficult. My, my bad, dog. I didn't know. Stay, <laughs> stay, statement, <laughs> statement number four. And this is about uh, the Fox News cameraman who was killed the other day in Ukraine. What a tragedy. A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that airs a pro Putin propagandist. As its top-rated primetime host. It's so disgusting. That is just absolutely disgusting. Tasteless. That is disgusting. Um, Boy, see, Wesley? Yeah. Like, this is not easy, pal. This is... I don't know what to say. Yeah. Right? It's it's really stunning. So one one of those is a Democrat. (laughs) So typically... It's stunning. That's stunning. Stunning, right? That's what's become of our press. The three of those are journalists. One is a... One's an operative... Only one is an operative. It's it's very shocking. Um, So typically what we do is I turn around, Smug has a guest, and then we talk it out. Um, Unless you have one that you want to fire away, I think we'll just let Smug guess. And you put your hand up, I'll turn around. Here's my secret ballot. Okay. That's the one I think is the operative. Smug has submitted his secret ballot. Okay. Do you have any opening thoughts? I'm disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to Washington. (laughs) Oh my God. So here's what I'm going to say. I think that number one is a journo because there is a, there's an element of, of faux analysis to it. Mm. Yes. That's, that's what we always discuss is, is they try to couch their opinions as analysis. It's a faux analysis where they're like, mm, you know, I'm looking at these polls and I'm uh, an observer of that because so I'm one told is what definitely, to say. Yeah, one's definitely a journalist. One's I, definitely. I, I would agree with that. Okay. Two's tricky. Yeah. Two and three are tricky. Two's tricky because yep. you, I mean, you, you, I think, rightly jumped on that. That's got to be a Democrat. Here's why I don't think it is. Is because the Trump piece. Yeah. Mm. Everything oh. up to, give a reread of this. Oh. Yeah, yeah, run two back. What is what has been done thus far is nothing short of historic. Let me say that again okay. for people without writing snarky op-eds about this administration. Anybody suggesting that Donald Trump would have done any of this, please, please stop your clown show somewhere else. It's the Trump pivot <clears throat> to me. The first part could have entirely been journo to me, but it's the Trump pivot. It just feels very journo. But the crescendo has clown show. Yeah, and that's hard to imagine coming out of anybody out trying of to journal. be a, Yes, like clown show is a... 
So, so I actually, from from a different angle, I felt that was Jerno because when they bring up snarkiness, it's because Jernos, especially the ones who are online and on Twitter, have this like very deeply seated issue with being questioned. Right. Where it's, they're like, "Hey, I, of course I am always right," and if you, it's target harassment if if, <laughs> if you are to disagree with me and and think that the opinion I'm trying to push is propaganda yeah. under the guise is being used. Like, how dare you? So I think, like, there's something a, gets under their skin. And there's a heightened awareness within, like, their own oh, wow. internal yeah. industry. Yeah. And, and like, who's it, writing what op-ed? If you present facts and figures yeah. and, and information and facts to them, that's snarkiness. And, and it really Yeah, it's a off. good one. So yeah. so for me, let me jump Y'all four. Are at, Y'all are good at this. Yeah, no, we've, we live, we've done it for two years. <laughs> I expect, like, else some good analysis there. That's a, way better than John Madden. I'm going to like. leave... The rest of my analysis, because I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange you on your ultimate guess. Okay. Wesley Hunt. Which one's the operative? Which one is the operative? We read Forgan. What a tragedy! A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that <sighs> airs God. a pro-Putin propagandist as its top-rated primary, a primetime host. They're talking about the Fox News reporter who was killed there. And what was three? Three. Biden way deserves, also deserves way, but he says Biden way deserves more credit for his response to the Russia-Ukraine war. He's standing up to Putin and putting very real pressure on him and his oligarch buddies and building international support for Zelensky. Trump would have looked the other way. I say three. Okay. I'm going to guess three. I think it's a no-brainer. I think four absolutely 100% is a journo. Yes. And like I said, with two, I think the pivot... (coughs) means journo three is my guess i think yeah, you're three right. was my guess robert which one is it guys you all got it yeah hey oh a big winner oh outstanding but you know but you but notice the breakdown there yeah. that's not an easy and, and one. the shocking thing is that number four is the most disgusting and yeah. it's a journo yeah that was susan uh glasser at new, York, from, uh, new yorker i wrote that off immediately actually yeah, yeah. I was like that's exactly i did that wasn't even a thought that was actually the most obvious one yeah Totally. Sadly, Sadly, that was the most obvious one. Who was number one? Number one was Garrett Hake. This unbelievable. Mm, really? Tough look. That's uh, disappointing. Yeah. I mean, lately. Disappointing. I, I it's sad. Lately, he's gone really left. Uh, what was two? Uh, Scarborough. Well, there that you seems go. From right. MSNBC. Uh, who was the operative? Uh, Nate Lerner. He's a yeah, that's guy who works for, for De- Yang. Deserves way more or more way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, Something like that. Got syntax. Got to work on a syntax. <laughs> Got to work on the syntax and the sentence structure there, pal. <laughs> Appreciate the effort and thanks for providing your content for Demer Journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Listen, I got to thank you so much, Wesley Hunt. He's going to be the newest congressman from Houston, Texas. Thank you for coming in. Listen, you're always more than welcome. Thank you, brother. Truly, Absolutely truly. love having you in here. You provide such a refreshing voice that we could all use. Let's get on to our interview with Matt Salmon. I want to welcome to the program a candidate for governor of Arizona. You know him well as the former congressman from Arizona, Matt Salmon. Welcome. Hey, thanks a lot. Great to be here. Hey, listen, you got uh, you're back into it again. You know, you you. Uh, <laughs> Well, I know you knew you well from your days up on the hill in Congress, which you had two stints. Uh, right, and now you're and now you're you're kind of getting back into public service again. It keeps calling. 
You know what? I don't think there's been ever in my whole lifetime a scarier time in American politics. And, you know, I, I love this country. I love my state. And uh, uh, what's going on in the, in the nation and the state? it scares the heck out of me. I have nine grandkids and, you know, my mom and dad uh, grew up during the great depression. They left me a lot better America than they got. And I don't feel like I'm doing that with my grandkids and my kids. And and so I feel like I got to stand up and fight again. Um, Right now, I I feel like what's going on in Washington is, uh, is so detrimental. Uh, But Biden has been the best recruiter for Republicans (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. No question. And the only and the only guy smiling right now because of uh, Joe Biden's presidency is Jimmy Carter, because he won't go down as the worst president in the last 50 years. He managed to duck under the, under the bar on that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I listen. You're right. And what's not a laughing matter is I'm sure what you're hearing from all of the, the voters that you're talking to on a day to day basis. I mean, it's it's basically everything that this administration has touched from immigration, which you are acutely aware of in Arizona to right. to to the economy to you know inflation now we have global crises i mean where do you start right you know um i, I think you start with day one uh when he started rolling back the uh the rules that were in place when it came to the border the remain in mexico policy yeah. when he stopped building the wall um and then uh, exponentially the number of illegal immigrants coming across the border uh, just started uh, going by leaps and bounds I've been down to Yuma so so many times I can't even count it on my hands and toes anymore. And they've had people from 113 different countries that's coming across that unbelievable. border. And, that, and that's the yeah, part I, that I don't think everybody realizes unless you pay a lot. It's of a attention. national security threat like like nobody's business. Yeah. And people if people don't understand that and, and the cartels, they're controlling 100 percent of what's going on at the border, whether it's human smuggling, um, sex trafficking, uh, fentanyl which is the number one killer of uh, young adults between 19 and 35 in the country right now, overdose. Uh, you know, these things are uh, uh, as serious as a heart attack. And, and we've got to get uh, a lot more serious about what we're doing as a state and stand up and do what the federal government's unwilling to do. Uh, but then, you know, the Afghanistan withdrawal, which was a big debacle, sent a message to all the despots across the world that, uh, you know, America's ripe for the picking. And, uh, and, and, then, and then Putin's invasion. And I worry, uh, you know, I, I was the chairman of the Asia Pacific Subcommittee on Foreign Affairs. I, I speak fluent Mandarin. I was a missionary as a young man uh, in Taiwan. And uh, I, I'm as afraid as I can be for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Xi, Xi Jinping's watching what's going on with Putin and what happened in Afghanistan. And then so is uh, Rocket Man over in uh, North Korea. They're mm-hmm. all looking at the weakness here. And I, I don't say that to try to, you know, egg them on or anything. But the fact is, Ronald Reagan, you know, had a had a belief in peace through strength. And that's gone out the window right now. We got to get it back. We got to get it back fast. And it's going to take some brave souls all across the country standing up and fighting for what's right. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm back in the game. Yeah, well, you listen, you're one of those old school conservatives. You're the, the rabble rouser before rabble rousing was cool. Uh, and I remember it well. And, and listen, I, I think you're right. I think everything has lurched so far to the left at this point that the center isn't seeable from the Democratic position any longer. Right. It, it, oh, the- John, John F. Kennedy couldn't get elected as a Democrat, oh. you know, with uh, 
forty billion dollars right now. <laughs> they have a better chance at a Republican primary than a Democrat. That's right. <laughs> That's right. A hundred percent. So, so as you're looking at that, and as you're talking to voters, what do you think is popping? I mean, clearly everybody's nervous about the economy, right? Right. Right. Everybody's worried about uh, the inflation. Uh, as I go around talk to employers, they can't get employees. Uh, you know, during the the whole COVID debacle uh, where we paid people to stay home and then uh, basically uh, required uh, them to be able to stay in their apartments and their homes, even when they couldn't pay their uh, pay their rent and put the moratorium on, on uh, evictions. I mean, it's a double whammy. And uh, right now it's become a lot more comfortable for people to just stay at home and, and collect uh, welfare or uh, unemployment benefits than to go to work. And it's a big problem right now here in Arizona. Yeah. Is it is it like in many places that problem that you just described is sort of part and parcel to this larger supply chain issue that we've had right. that that goes everywhere? Is that specifically in Arizona part of the, what you're talking uh, about? I, I think that is something that is uh, is a really, really big issue in Arizona. Obviously, the gasoline prices yeah. uh, are are killing us. And that was completely preventable. You know, a year and a half ago, we were energy independent and we were exporting energy. We weren't begging Russia and OPEC for oil. But we had the XL pipeline that was, uh, you know, yeah. about to be completed. All these things, you know, fracking in North Dakota, uh, fracking in Texas, fracking in New Mexico. And now that's all gone by the wayside and drilling, you know, in the Gulf. All these things have gone by the wayside. And now we're we're begging for oil from a bunch of thugs. We're even talking to Venezuela right now. I mean, this is crazy. I never thought this had happened in my life and it was 100% preventable. Yep, oh, totally. And listen, I appreciate you're, you're still uh, very passionate about the issues, which I'm sure is why you're back engaged again. I, I don't know if you know this, I'm an Arizona State University guy. And I know I you did know that. And, yeah. I, and I love you, man. I, I mean, yeah, go devils. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I did know that about you. And, I, you know, I, I'm an ASU grad. So is my wife. Uh, three of my four kids are. And, you know, we bleed maroon and gold. Yeah. Well, and you've spent some time around the school in recent years. And, and I'll be honest, right. I've, I've met with some faculty in the last I haven't been back in a long time, but I met with some faculty who came out to Washington, D.C. Sounds like there's some pretty amazing things that you guys have been working on. Oh yeah, there, there, there's some very, very exciting things going on. The research, um, you know, there's, there's amazing things. Uh, we're doing a lot of research when it comes to dealing with semiconductor uh, and uh, ma ma uh, advanced manufacturing. And Arizona, uh, you know, just recently got the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, TSMC, uh, who decided to locate here. Intel has uh, agreed to put billions more into their uh, fabrication. Uh, facilities here in Arizona. I, I think Arizona is going to be literally the center, not just of the country, but of the whole world when it comes to advanced manufacturing. That's what I want to see happen. Mm -hmm. I think that if we can get that done, uh, Arizona will be bringing some of the best high paying jobs. And I'm also the only candidate running for uh, governor right now that's calling for getting rid, completely getting rid of our income tax in the yeah. state of Arizona. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have a 2.5% flat tax right now, uh, which is great. Ducey's done a good job, I think, getting us to this point. I want to get us over the goal line. He wanted to get rid of income tax. That was one of his pledges when he started. Didn't quite get there. I want to finish that. And I believe if we do that, we'll, we'll stop being a flyover state for uh, Texas and Florida 
Yeah, and, I was going to uh, say you're going to give DeSantis and Abbott a run for your money for their money if you figure that, that out. That that's right, man. And Arizona, you know, has more freedom, more opportunity, more growth than any other state. We do this. We're going to be beating business off with a stick. And you watch. I'm a big supply sider. I've always been a big disciple of Art Lapper. And I believe if we do that, the revenues are going to go through the roof. Oh, there's no question. Evidence abound uh, whenever right. that happens. I mean, that's, that's amazing that we still have to have that argument, by the way. Well, and, and a lot of people forgot the first supply side president wasn't actually Ronald Reagan. It was John F. Kennedy. Right. <laughs> and people forget that. <laughs> it wasn't until Republicans adopted it where it became unpopular. That's exactly right. <laughs> and it was voodoo economics at that point in time. I mean, come on. It, 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 it's worked every time it's been done. Every time. And it, uh, I want to show the folks in Arizona, we get rid of an income tax here in Arizona. We're going to be beating business up with a stick and our revenues are going to go through the roof. I think that's 100% right. Tell me something, Mr. Sam. And how, how do you deal with the press in Arizona? I mean, um, there, every state's got its element of bad, but boy, oh boy. I mean, who do you even talk to? I suppose local local television news, maybe there's an anchor or two, but man, the newspaper's terrible. They are terrible. And, uh, you know, my approach is with a velvet glove and inside that velvet glove is a big fat hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to, when you deal with the media, the, the best way to tell when they're lying is when their lips move. Um, and <laughs> And and I you know, we've got to do everything we can to get our message out other ways, um, you know, and, and push back and fight against the media. You know, one of the folks I'm read, uh, running against said that uh, she left the media because she found out they were corrupt. It took her 27 years to figure that out, uh, not to sharp its knife in the drawer. But you know what? Um, you, I, I'm glad she finally came to that conclusion. There are there are many uh, reasons to question the the relative sharpness uh, of that drawer, but no, listen, I, I that's the thing that I so when I was in Arizona, the, the Arizona Republic wasn't terrible. I mean, it was it was your typical sort of left of center publication. Now, if you're talking politics at all, yeah, I mean, it's just like dictation out of the Democratic National Committee. Yeah, it's more like Pravda. Yeah, right. <laughs> These days, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, you know, I uh, I uh, at a, uh, a speech I gave a few a month ago, uh, I said that I thought that the teachers union was the scourge of our country. And uh, one of the editorial writers in the Republic then promptly wrote a piece saying, why does Matt Salmon hate teachers? Oh, yeah. So nothing to do with the union, right? <laughs> that's right. Nothing to do with the union. Why does Matt Salmon hate teachers? So I promptly did a my turn. Uh, editorial piece. And I came back and I said, you know, you got it wrong again. I don't hate teachers. I love teachers, but the union's been selling them out for years. It's just a perfect example of, of taking something entirely out of context, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. It, oh, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's, I don't listen, you got your work cut out for you with those people, but I understand you're taking your message directly to the people. And what's, well, how's the right. race? How's the race shaping up? Oh, the race is going really, really well. Uh, you know, the, the numbers, uh, polling numbers are showing us in a really, really so, uh, strong spot. Uh, the volunteers are coming on, you know, just in droves. And uh, we're, we're getting our message out. I'm, I'm feeling really good. You know, what I'm telling people uh, in my stump speech is that uh, right now with uh, the dire situation our country is in, our state is in, um, we can't afford to just roll the dice and hope that who we're electing is going to do what they say they're going to do. And I, and I asked people in my, in my speech, you know, how many times have you uh, voted for a candidate that said one thing and done another and every hand goes up in the room? And then I asked, what's the best predictor 
if somebody's actually going to do what they say they're going to do. And invariably, you know, I get a chorus of their record, their mm-hmm. voting record. And I'm, all, I'm the only candidate actually in this race that has a voting record. And you know as well as I do that it's a big difference being a candidate and then being in the crucible. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you have to actually vote, you have to actually vote on uh, uh, some pro Second Amendment legislation two days after a shooting yeah. uh, at, a, at, a, at a school or a church. And you have to cast your vote up on the board to protect the Second Amendment rights. It's a big different uh, talking a game in a campaign and then actually putting your money where your mouth is. And, you know, go look at my record. Uh, it, it's impeccable, whether it's on taxes, whether it's on the Second Amendment, whether it's on pro-life. Uh, whether it's on, uh, you know, standing up for the Constitution, my record is impeccable. And uh, and so I'm telling people, you don't have to bet with me. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. I mean, if if I'm you, that's my message, because I don't think anybody has successfully questioned your conservative credentials in right. all the years that you've been a part of, of governing in this country. Um, l- let me ask you this. As you're looking at sort of ranking the issues that you got attacked. We, we talked economy, we talked immigration. What else out there do you think you need to tackle right away when you big get- time, big, big time uh, education? Yeah. Uh, and people are is this both curriculum, frustrated. both curriculum and just general governance and, and everything under the seat. Yes. And, and uh, after COVID, I think people got an eyeful of uh, what was uh, going on that was wrong in the schools. Um, and for one thing, you know, they, they were frustrated that the schools were shut down. And I've made it very, very clear if I were governor under that circumstance, I would not have allowed the schools to shut down more like DeSantis uh, in Florida and would not have allowed the businesses to sh- or would not have forced the businesses to shut down. If they want to shut down on their own. That's up to them. But I would not have forced them to shut down. But uh, as far as the education is concerned, we do know that uh, critical race theory is happening in the schools. We do know that they're trying to pawn off uh, pornography as sex education for second and third graders. We do know uh, that uh, when it comes to math and science uh, and, and our competition with other uh, countries uh, in America, it's dismal. Uh, and we do know that a lot of uh, poor kids are trapped in substandard schools where they're not getting a good education. We also know that the failed policy of teaching every kid as if they're gonna go to college uh, it, it has got to change. We've got to get back to vocational education and CTE uh, because we need skilled laborers as well. And uh, here in Arizona, you know, we've addressed that by creating these uh, 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 CTE schools. Uh, my wife actually worked for one and, and the one she works for, they actually have over 40 different certificate programs where you can graduate from high school and walk into a $60,000, a year job, whether it's in uh, uh, you know, plumbing or uh, uh, as an electrician uh, or in fire safety or uh, in, uh, you know, welding, you know, and, and uh, my granddaughter is a, a junior at that uh, school and she's learning cosmetology. She'd be paying $25,000 for that if, if she did it after high school. So these are, these are alternatives. And, and I think it will impact greatly our dropout rate too, because a lot of these kids that are trying to be jammed into a you know, round kids that are in trying to be jammed into a square pet, a square hole, you know, it's got to change. And so um, those are all the things, but I'm a big, big advocate of choice in education. When I was a state Senator, before I was a Congressman, I was one of the founders of the charter schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were the ones, one of the first ones in the country that uh, created a law in Arizona for, uh, for charter schools. That was clear back in the early nineties. And I was one of the sponsors of that bill. 
Uh, but I believe we've got to go one step further and let parents vote with their feet and take their tax dollars with them to the school of their choice. Yes, that includes here, here. private and parochial. Yep. And, and I'm a big fan of that, always have been. I voted for that uh, you know, bill that we did every year, uh, allowing uh, choice in D.C. schools. Uh, and, I, and I love to tell people, you know, if money alone were the, uh, the single issue that would fix education, then the be- best educated students on the planet would be from Washington, D.C., <laughs> and we know that and we know that's not the truth. A hundred percent. And it's a great point. And school choice, again, has become such a serious issue with absolutely COVID and everything else. I think, look, if there is a silver lining from a terrible tragedy that was this pandemic, it is that parents are totally attuned to education again and rethinking a lot of the, the teachers unions prescriptions for, for our children and their education. Right, right. And then one one last thing, um, you know, it, it, it's really dealing with our law enforcement. Um, you know, there's been a really uh, strong onslaught nationally, and it's split over to, into Arizona, uh, you know, assaulting uh, uh, the reputations of our law enforcement yeah. folks. Um, in fact, DOJ uh, is investigating the city of Phoenix, the largest police department in the state, uh, and their whole goal, I think, is to undermine the confidence in the police. Uh, the city of Phoenix has established these uh, citizen review boards with a, a bunch of political hacks uh, <laughs> to determine whether a shooting is valid or not. Uh, there's dialogue about taking away officers' qualified immunity so that they can be personally sued. Um, these are stupid ideas, and, and we've got to have a governor that's willing to stand up and defend law enforcement and safe streets, and, and that's another thing that's very important to me. Uh, and then finally, um, in Arizona, 90% of our election last time was done by uh, mail. Yeah. And uh, in Arizona, you do not have a requirement for voter identification for mail-in ballots. we got to change that. Yeah. We should have voter ID for every ballot cast in Arizona. Oh, I so those are the I things. Agree more. I couldn't agree more. That's absolutely true. I, and I know this is not at all in your jurisdiction, but i got to ask anyway, just by an observer, it seems like every two years, Arizona's got a really important election that we're all watching. And Maricopa County can't count a damn ballot. It takes like, I mean, three days to get these yeah. things even halfway in. What, what's the story with that? It feels like, you know, maybe one or two counties outside of, of Arizona, it, like Broward County, Florida, and a couple of places in Louisiana have this problem. But every single cycle, it feels like Maricopa can't count these things. And it's not rocket science. It's just, Again, you know, that, that's right. And it's so frustrating, but it seems like, you know, we keep jumping from bad to worse in, uh, you know, the people that we have in that position. Uh, over the uh, voting in Maricopa County uh, at, at, at the county recorder. I mean, it's just it's just sad. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that we can do, you know, from a, a policy point of view. But the other thing is we just got to start electing better people that actually, you know, know, know what they're doing. Yeah. And they actually think that the job is to count the ballots and not, right. not all kinds of other things. Uh, listen, I really appreciate your clarity on all these issues. You've always been absolutely clear in terms of where you stand on the issues of the day, which, you know, for, for somebody who's hung around in Washington, that's a rarity. Let me just tell you, that is a rarity. But I got three big questions that I want to ask you that all of our listeners are very interested in. And got it. this is the departure from the serious talk. So First at it, if you could plan your last meal on earth, what would it be? Pizza. Okay. <laughs> Just- I, mean, I love pizza. I, I, I mean, I've always loved it my whole life. And um, 
I, I think I would uh, t- top it off with red velvet cake. Oh, that's, I mean, I like that addition a lot. Is there a place, yeah. is, there, is there a place, a pizza place anywhere? Like, you know, I mean, Tempe, I don't remember a great one, but uh, there was pizza. There's, uh, there's, uh, oh gosh, there's a whole bunch of great pizza places in Arizona. Um, you know, I can't think of a favorite. I mean, I'm, I'm really not that picky. Yeah, no, that's fine. A pizza guy's a pizza guy. Usually. Yeah. I like pizza. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So second question. And I think this, I'm interested in your answer on this. If you never dedicated any time to public service, right. I mean, you spent years doing public service and, and all levels of government. If you never had that at all, and you had just a big gaping hole in your life and this, you can blue sky this, what would you want to do? I want to be, that's easy. I'd want to be a teacher. Oh, I love, I, I, I mean, I would love to be a teacher. Um, you know, when I, uh, originally, uh, went to college, uh, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and, but I also wanted to have a, a good family, uh, and I didn't see a way to make it financially. Um, and so, you know, we've got to figure out a way, uh, to reward really great teachers. And that's one of the other things I want to do is institute merit pay. So that really great teachers can make a hundred thousand dollars. I think that that would be a really great thing. But um, you know, and and the more I think about my life and uh, what really impacted my life, it was really really great teachers. I can think of three teachers. One was a coach. Uh, you know, I ran cross country, and uh, boy, he instilled me a, a competitive spirit to never ever ever give up, and that's really helped me in life with everything. I had a music teacher. Uh, he and his wife were both my teachers and they, they really were wonderful. And then I had, um, a teacher that, uh, uh, on civics that really sparked my interest in, and my love of, uh, you know, of civics in the United States and the constitution. Um, but I think that the most important job in America really should be the role of a teacher, uh, because that is the next generation. Ronald Reagan said, freedom's always just one generation away from extinction. And, it's always counting on that next generation to be freedom loving and to fight for it. And uh, I, you know, I, I know this is supposed to be lighthearted, but man, I just think that uh, uh, teaching is, is a golden opportunity to really, really change people's yeah. lives. Well, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And um, there are a million different ways to do it and good teachers figure out how to get through to kids. And it sounds like you've had some good ones. I'm not surprised, but great answer. All right. So I got, I have third, the third, and this is sort of an esoteric right. question, right? This is this is like what goes to motivate Matt Salmon. And the way that we frame it is you're either motivated by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And it's not like somebody just likes defeat and somebody likes victory. That's ridiculous. Everybody loves winning. What it is, is the the, the thrill of victory person is sort of the glass half full, right? The, the person who's sort of the sunny optimist are always charging up the hill. The agony of defeat person is someone who's every victory they've ever had lasts about a second and every defeat they carry with them every single day of their lives and vow never to repeat it. Right. And so it's kind of like a Michael Jordan type figure is the agony of defeat. And that's the range that's right. the spectrum. So where do you find yourself? Hey, one of my favorite songs is a song by Merle Haggard. Uh, I'm always on a mountain when I fall. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, boy, ain't that the truth, you know, no when kidding. I fall, I fall hard. Um, I, I've got to say that uh, in my life, uh, the best motivator is uh, the agony of defeat. You know, I, I, I was a real strong competitor uh, in sports in high school, and everybody kind of joked that, you know, Salmon, whenever he was behind, 
he was the comeback kid. Um, you know, I, I played uh, on the tennis team as well, and I'd be down like uh, one set and uh, five to two and uh, uh, 40 love. And I'd come back and I would win. Um, That's you know, all just, you needed. Uh, you just needed to look death in the eye. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I did not want to lose. Right. And in my in my political life, I've only want, lost one race, and it was a big one. Uh, I ran for governor in 2002, and I won the primary pretty handily against two very talented candidates. One was the secretary of state, and the other one was the state treasurer, and I beat them both pretty handily. And then I went on to face Janet Napolitano, I and I lost by less than lost the election by less than 10,000 or uh, 12,000 votes. It was less than 1%. And uh, it took two weeks to determine the outcome. And I kind of quipped with people. I would have rather just got my butt kicked than I wouldn't have uh, thought about it so much about, you know, gosh, if I had done this, if I had done that. But boy, that's motivated me more than any other thing in my life. Uh, it, it is not fun. And I don't intend to ever be in that state again. Yeah, that's exactly right. Listen, you you perfectly articulated the agony of defeat side of this. That's great. So listen, uh, Matt Salmon, how, if our listeners want to help you out, where can they find you? So they can go to my website, which is Matt Salmon, M-A-T-T-S-A-L-M-O-N-F-O-R-A-Z.com, Matt Salmon for AZ.com. And uh, this is going to be a really, really important race. I really believe that if we can get some of these uh, brave souls like uh, Ron DeSantis, Christy Nome, uh, Greg Abbott, uh, Kevin Stitt, uh, Oklahoma, just to name a few, uh, to lock arms and stand up and uh, for the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution and states' rights and fight uh, the uh, uh, federal government's uh, trying to micromanage every state and change us into California. You know, I I think that uh, that is where people ought to be putting their money and their resources. Because, you know, Washington, D.C. Is, uh, is a hard place to change. And I truly do believe that that's why our founding fathers gave us the 10th, ninth and the 10th Amendment to the Constitution for such a time as this to be able to fight with everything we got to take our government back to the people. Oh, well said. Matt Salmon, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate thank it. You. Stay in touch. We got to hear how, you, how it goes here throughout the campaign. I will do. Thank you so much. And uh, go Devils, right? Go Devils. <laughs> Okay, so listen, uh, serious guy, OG serious guy, uh, knew him when he was in Congress. He is the exact same than he ever was, which I think is amazing considering there's 20 years difference between when he started serving and, and today when he felt the need to call be called back and, and serve his state and his country. Good interview. I love it. And, and yet again, another example that any candidate across the country, we try to highlight our Republican candidates because the mainstream media doesn't give them an outlet. That's why our folks listen to this show. Absolutely. You get the candidate interviews. And a big thanks, big thanks Huge. to Wesley Hunt. Hey, Wesley. Yes, sir. One thing we didn't cover. Yeah. What's the Hellfire thing situation? Oh, my goodness. So I have the distinction of already starting a leadership pack moving forward. It's my job, and I feel like it's my honor to help out other candidates across the country to increase our majority that we're already going to take here in Congress. And also... Uh, I want to help out uh, women and people of color like me that are conservatives to bring them into the tent. Hell yeah. And again, we are not the party of identity politics, but I do think we need to pay, play a concerted effort in making sure that our delegation looks like our country. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you bet. And, it, and it's, it's an honor to be able to do that. It's an honor to be a part of the party that doesn't play identity politics, but how can we 
find like-minded white people, black people, Hispanic people, women, everybody that believes in our conservative message and help them get across the finish line to be the leaders for our country. And that's what Hellfire Pack does. Now, the Hellfire came from the missile that's yeah, on the Apache. I'm, I'm Hell- such a huge fan of this. I thank you, brother. Yeah. I really appreciate well, this has been amazing. Like, and I, I get real giddy about this because I mean, I'm looking at a Hellfire. Uh, the Hellfire missile, and I'm looking at the Apache, and I'm getting a bit of a nostalgic feeling right now looking at it. <laughs> um, but uh, again, uh, the, the most sophisticated, greatest helicopter of all time is the Apache helicopter, and calling it Hellfire was only fitting for me. Uh, but I will say this. I actually just came from a meeting um, with uh, with Senator Tim Scott before I came here. So Brilliant. this has been a great day for me. Awesome. Uh, Sen- Senator Tim Scott has been somebody that's been a mentor for me, and I have watched from afar for a very long time. And I'm going to tell you that when you have uh, people of color, black men that are conservative, that can serve as an example for others, it's inspiring to people like me to get into the fight, mm-hmm. and that's why we do what we do. And I don't know if I've ever sat down with him, but I mean, I mean, he is... Oh yeah, he's been he's on the program. Zen. Yeah. He's been on the program. He's Zen. This is a, this is a man who he, is in crazy. You sit in a room with him, and you're never going to forget it. I'm like, I'm like, Morpheus, is that you? <laughs> you know? I mean, I feel like Neo and Morpheus. Like he he talks to you, and he said he gives you such good sound advice. And I'm like, this this is amazing. Yeah. But but people like him, and hopefully. You know, I could be the Tim Scott to somebody else that's watching me. Oh, that's I love that. Such a great I love that. point of view. Yeah. That's my that's my goal. That's my mission. What's the uh, website? That, that's what Hellfire Pack's going to do, and it's uh, WesleyForTexas.com. Uh, the, the the pack will be on my website, and and again, we are just working hard and tirelessly to get us across the finish line. And I do want to say this. I do want to say this about our party. Our party's not about race, actually. As we discussed, it's just about good governance, good people. We want to be safe. We want to make sure that we enforce our laws. I just want to be a part of that narrative. And I want an all hands on deck, all race on deck mm-hmm. approach to this. And I think we are the party of the future. It. We have never been a bigger tent than we're the party of normal people. And that, that's the biggest our that, tent's that's ever our been. tent. That's our tent. Our tent is normal people. Yes. <laughs> awesome guests. I mean, awesome. once you win, you still got to come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's official. I'm official fourth member. Like, like y'all don't know this. I'm, I'm going to pitch this. I mean, you don't know. I'm going to pitch this later. Actually, you know, if I could just. You can come in do twice every, a week every, if you want. Don't, <laughs> don't you tempt me with yeah. a good time, sir. <laughs> do that to me. <laughs> Listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Good brother. luck to you. Thank you very much. You are helping Smug, lead you, the way to Thanks, a, brother. an absolutely brighter future for all of us. Thank you for what you do. Smug, let's get out of here. That was an outstanding show. Another truly banger. Thank you so much, Wesley Hunt, for the ride along. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the lids. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.